Good morning. This is Dave Vellante, and uh, welcome to the August 25th, 2008 Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting. The uh, topic for today is IBM's semi-XIV announcement. We'd ask that uh, if you're not uh, leading the call or planning on participating, please put yourselves on mute until uh, uh, such time as you're ready to speak. And then, uh, as, as you know, this is an open forum, uh, so we encourage you to do that. Leading the call today is Josh Krischer, uh, former Gartner analyst and principal of Josh Krischer Associates, uh, based in Germany. And as I say, this this format of this meeting is uh, as basically as follows. I will moderate today, and Josh is going to present his overview and analysis, and share his thoughts on on the implications of this XIV announcement. Uh, because he's based in Europe, I believe there's more information over there than there is in the states. Although you know, lots of of information has been flowing. Uh, this is an open forum. Anybody's welcome to participate and ask questions, and and I will solicit. You know, comments, so feel free to chime in. At the end of the meeting, we'll do a brief summary. It will be posted on Wikibon within uh, a matter of hours. And then we're going to follow that up with additional analysis focused on customer actions. The meeting will last an hour and is being recorded. So I'd like to now turn the meeting over to Josh. And Josh, I don't know about Europe, but the XIV announcement uh, here was surely mysterious back in the States. I uh, wonder if you could uh, give us your quick take. Uh, okay. The thing is that I don't believe that it was an announcement. But I, I had the limited time to research. But what I could find that it was just internal announcement that by mistake someone put on the web. Because normally IBM is making, the, there is a rule in IBM. They're uh, they making briefing before. They're making press release, and etc. And suddenly there was nothing. But putting this by mistake, you are setting time. You can you cannot remove it because then it will be suspicious. On top of that, I never seen IBM making announcement in August. Big announcement in August. They IBM normally finishing the announcement about mid June and starting announcement. Mid-September. So I believe that this is some mistake here, and this is the reason that it was so quiet. Okay. So um, can you maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what IBM did and what you think it means for customers? In general, about XIV or this announcement? I'd say specifically, uh, or both. You know, let's focus in on this um, this mistaken announcement, if we can call it that, or stealth announcement. I mean, um, no. We have. Let, let's see what was the situation when IBM uh, purchased XIV at the beginning of January. XIV was company which which installed base with customers. There were about 35 customers, most of them in Israel. There were five customers in the United States, and I believe there was one co customer in Korea. But there was a company running, selling products. Now, IBM purchased them. IBM is a, a big, established company. It's not a startup. You cannot start to sell. You need documentation. You need numbers. You need... Uh, Sales book. You need price list. You need you, you need service. You cannot add product in IBM portfolio without all this. Otherwise, the people will sell it in Timbuktu without having service. But not even Timbuktu. The whole idea of XIV initially was to sell in United States. And I tried to convince them very hard and without any success. To also to look at Europe. So, but I, again, IBM is a global company, and it takes time to put all this administration. Now, in the meantime, XIV is continuing to sell as before. They even came with version version two of improved uh, of the product, which is improved ver version with some of the of the weak points of the, the previous one were, were corrected or some improvements were done, not weak points. 
now and in the meantime i believe i don't know exactly but i believe that the, the installed base is something between uh, 70 or 65 to 80 units sold by xiv now i assume that when ibm will be ready with all the administration they will make official announcement in all the countries, you need to train the engineers, you need to train the salespeople, you need to, to make it a huge uh, organiza uh, organization effort to, to, for, for such a company. And then it will be part of the IBM product line. But until everything is finished, they have to keep it separate. And, and Josh, you were suggesting that that would be forthcoming uh, rather soon, is that what I heard? This fall, or I mean, IBM is always making uh, making uh, announcement in mid September. If you look, um, there is mainframe announcement normally mid September. There, 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 is, there is so they try because the people are coming Europe. Normally, if you make announcement in Europe between mid June and mid September, it's waste effort, and IBM know that for years. So when when I was competing with IBM and I wanted to know where when is IBM announcement, I was looking at the I was asking in the hotel when IBM normally was making announcement, trying to to ask if they have a free, a free the big room is free on Tuesday, and normally I knew that when when it will be announced. So traditionally they announce as I say in mid September. Mid September. Go ahead. Somebody had a comment been uh, formally announced to their partners on July 29th, but I think we're talking about a public announcement here, which we have not yeah. seen. Yeah, this is a, yeah, that's true, and this is another issue. You have to, you have also to announce to the, to the, to the partners, you have to train the partners, you have to, to set the price with the partners, and etc. So, Josh, you're calling this uh, XIV version 2, did I hear that correctly? I will say, yeah. I believe that I, I, it's possible that I, uh, IBM will, or not possible, IBM most likely will sell uh, XIV uh, version 2. So when, when IBM announced the acquisition of XIV, we had a, a Peer Insight. And, and at the time, IBM had positioned Peer Insight for cl cloud computing, and we sort of disagreed with that on the Peer Insight, and the community felt that it was more general purpose. Maybe you can share with us um, just for review and, and anything we might have learned from this mistaken announcement or partner leak or, or whatever yeah. it was. What is unique about I, XIV? IBM is still pointing at, at the Cloud 2 or Web 2 and et cetera, et cetera. Despite that the product is enterprise or high-end, no mainframe block access product. It, it is general purpose product. You can use general purpose for anything that you want. So, uh, so uh, the thing is that, like any product, if you if you purchase a company with another product, it has to it. In most of the cases, it will overlap some of the existing products that you sell. Sell. Otherwise, you have a huge hole. Even the even companies which uh, announcing their own product, but they have different series are overlapping. So for IBM, when they announce it, they try to position it not to overlap. Now, it will not overlap. On mainframe, there is no problem. It's not supporting uh, county data. It's not supporting currently Python channels and etc. So it will not compete with DS8000 and all the rumors of which, uh, which competitor of IBM put in uh, a spread that this is the debt of the DS8000 are not true. Now, outside the mainframe, it is high capacity, high scalability, block-based block -based storage. If you ask me if it is special fitting for, for cloud or web 2, I will say that the clustered NAS are most likely better fitting this purpose. But it can be used for any. The first installation was done by Bank Lomi of Israel, which is the one of the two biggest banks in Israel, and it is just general purpose storage there. 
So, Josh, um, you're saying that the um, the product is not going to impact the, the DS8000 for mainframe markets? No, for, main, for mainframe, completely not. It may impact for, uh, let's say, open, not open, uh, open system does not exist, but Unix and Windows, and storage for Unix and Windows can be in the pack of that. Now, the thing is, what is important about about the next, or they will be not called Nextra, but the product is that it is very dis disruptive product. And the disruption is not so much from the architecture and etc. The disruption is with price. IBM can be very, very flexible with the price. Now, the price, if you remember, when we spoke in January, Nick Allen gave some price. I, I, I had some price idea. The price at enterprise level was below typical mid-range price. And this was when the components, and the components are standard components. They are standard servers and standard disks. There is nothing special in the box. But the purchasing, the economy of scale of IBM, is much, much bigger than economy of scale of Israeli startups. And if the Israeli startup could sell half of the price of Clarion, IBM can do it as well, even much less. I am not saying that they will do it. It will be wrong if they will do it. But IBM have a tool that they can really distract the market. So... Okay, so if I would ask you what's unique about XIV, you mentioned it's all standard components. So maybe that's not unique, but it's certainly unique to comp comprise standard components in a high-end or general-purpose array and bomb the market if, in fact, that's what IBM is going to do. What else is unique about XIV? If it's, it's more than just a bunch of standard unique, components, right? No, the, the unique is the first thing is one of the motors of, uh, of one of the selling points of the is simplicity. It's very simple to manage. I, I look at the frames, and I could manage the frames. And I am not storage manager. It, everyone could, could manage, manage the frames. Of, uh, it's, you, you don't talk about volumes, LAN. You, talk, you speak about megabyte. You speak about gigabyte or terabytes. That's, that's all. Very simple to set remote copy. Very simple to set snapshots. The snapshot, they, have, they support 16,000 snapshots, for example, which is the largest number in the industry, and etc. From the structure, it's built very modular, and it is clustered storage. Now, it's not the only one clustered storage. There are some other clustered storage in the, in the market. Not only there is the left hand, for example, Repar, you can call it also cluster, sto cluster storage. They can have up to eight. If we look today in the market, we were used to two architectures. One, uh, one monolithic or like uh, metrics-based like Hitachi or EMC. Then it was typical mid-range. And still most of the mid-range are a bit like this, are two controllers sharing the disk between them with mirrored cache. What is new here is a clustered sun storage. Cluster NAS, we have many of them, but cluster sun storage. So I mentioned three-part left-hand uh, uh, left networks. Nekhidra store, you can also put in this category. Pivot 3, you can also. So maybe this will be the one of the future developments of the storage of the storage architectures in addition to the to the architectures that we know up to now so uh, i'm sorry I'm, uh, you're saying that it's it's a it's a clustered architecture or it will be a clustered architecture it is a clustered architecture it's the the if i look at the structure if you you, you have to visual, uh, visualize a little bit but uh, if I look at the structure, the structure is built from the top. You have user switch, which fiber channel and iSCSI to the host and Ethernet to the subsystem. Then you have interface modules, which are connected with internal switches to data modules. Now, each data module 
has more than one. It's a mistake, and we may speak about this later, about the FAD. Each data model is connected six or eight uh, uh, Ethernet. Now, inside the data models, there are two PCI-X buses between the cache and the disk and the, and the different disks. So you have a cluster now. Now, if I look at the box, the box itself today, at the bottom, you have three power supplies, which is one of them is redundant. In fact, it's more than one redundant. One power supply is enough for the box. You have three power su supplies with batteries as UPS. Then you have eight modules of data, despite that the minimum number could be three, in fact. Uh, and you have two Ethernet switch modules on the top. Each data module is a processor with four gigabyte cache. The cache, the cache can be bigger. It's not a big, but standard is four gigabyte cache. And 15 SATA disks. The data, now everything is virtualized. The idea is that all the data is built on one megabyte blocks, and the blocks are spread all over the place. Now, even if you have 180 gigab uh, terabytes and you have only 10 terabytes of data, each one of the modules will take part in the data because all the data is spread in uniform form on each one of the modules, and the data is duplicated, which means the data is written in module A and then in, module, uh, in another module. In fact, in the version 2 today, there are 8 gigabyte cache, and there are only 12 disks. So some of the place was to take to increase the cache, which is giving performance. So the full rack is 180 disks and 120 gigabyte of cache memory. By the way, the first customer which I mentioned, I mentioned also in January, are, I know them pretty well. They will never cheat me. And they gave me very good reference. And when they started with one module, currently they have they have eight systems now. And Bank Leumi was using, and maybe still using, I didn't check with them, in the past Hitachi storage and EMC storage and IBM storage. They were every generation they were replacing. So this is enterprise customer. So uh, I, I also understand that it, the, the XIV comes in, in one flavor, which is 180 terabyte mirrored configurations, correct? This is management decision. It can come with, as I say, three. So from the technical point of view, you can have it with three models as well. The minimum is three models. You have to three models to give the redundancy. If the, models, if the electronic of the model failed, you, you, you have to have theoretically. Um, so I, uh, assume that, that I assume that at the beginning they are coming with 180, but it is, as I say, is one signature, and you can change it. Josh, hasn't uh, Moshe um, been advocating clustering in a slightly different way? I believe that he was uh, looking forward to the XIV being clustered between the racks um, and oh, there building, is building up vertically. And I thought that was, although you might describe it as clustering inside, it, it's not that much different from, from, from other approaches. But being able to cluster racks of these into an eight-way rack would be quite a dramatic improvement in uh, the, the potential of the box, wouldn't you agree? Oh, there, there is a huge difference because if you have dual controller and you are losing a controller or you have anything, any problem on the cart, you are losing 50% of the, of the connectivity, you are losing 50% uh, of bandwidth, and you're running with unprotected cache. In this structure, in fact, it depends how much extra storage you have. You can lose two, three, five, even five modules, and the box will still run. So you have internal cluster, but you have also external cluster. You can connect additional rack with, with most, and I believe that IBM tested up to four rack, four rack system. Now, between, in the rack itself, currently is one gigabit Ethernet. 
outside the rack is 10 gigabit Ethernet, and I believe that the future uh, future uh, um, plan are for an InfiniBand. Right. But I, I would have thought that, that the, the, the size of the array isn't that, it, it, it may be clustered inside, but it isn't that spectacular. But if you could, uh, if you could uh, cluster these in four or eight, then it starts to become, uh, and, and if, for example, you could have different types of disk drives uh, in the different racks clustered, then you start to have uh, a much more powerful and much more uh, impactful uh, storage uh, capability. Yeah, theoretically, you can put any disk inside. Oh, you sure. Can but you, can't disk, you can put SSD. The only thing is that then you are defeating the then most important selling point, which is the price. Yes, and, and, and it, is, it, doesn't yeah. make much, it doesn't make much sense to put uh, different types of disks inside the same array because you're spreading the data across all the drives. So it doesn't make much sense yeah. to put different, you know, different sorts of disk, and that's, and, that's and yeah, and there are a number of consequences from that. For example, can we can we just clarify that, David? So basically, you're saying that XIV spreads the data over all the drives, all the drives, not all the drives, all the modules, uh, all the, all the, all 180 drives. So so it's uh, it, the volume is split up into one gigabyte pages and is spread over all 180 drives. Each volume is spread over all 180 drives. Yeah. Is, is, is this analogous to the cluster NAS, like an Isilon solution on the filer side? Yes. Okay. It, it, it's a, a similar type of approach, yes. Um, and, and Can I ask the, who asked that question? I'm sorry, uh, Grady Burkett. You can just give your first name if you're... Oh, Grady. Okay, Grady, appreciate it. So, David, you're saying this is like a, a, a an isolon or a, a well, that's on a file on on the oh, file it, 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 on the file based system. Yeah, that's really where it differs, right? Can we clarify that a bit, uh, Josh or David? No, you have you have different. I mentioned before that the NAS clusters were first to appear on the market, and you have NAS clusters. You have Exanet, Isilon. You have the NetApp GX of the NetApp. Anacas, OnStore, PolyServe, BlueArc, you have many of them. So this is this is not not of them, but this is file based where XIV is block based. It is different. The, the cluster is giving you access, giving you giving you way to access the data through the cluster, through any component of the cluster. Okay, I think that we are a little bit below the time and so if I look at another so what may be the, the XIV impact on other vendors? Let's leave that to the end, maybe. Okay. You need architecture. It is internal architecture for the customer is really not important. For important in the customer is performance, is reliability, is price, is service feature. So there is nothing special here, I believe. I mean, the, the, maybe the, the huge number of uh, snapshots and also the snapshots, it's not, it need, need one, uh, one step less than the normal snapshot. And the 16 number, it makes it very, very good for different type of, of uh, continuous data protection programs. There was a question. Yes. I just wanted to talk about the cost. Can we quantify the pricing? Has anybody heard any pricing on this or can share? The pricing that I've heard is around 3 to $4 per gigabyte raw capacity, <laughs> which is a little higher than the HP Extreme, uh, which is coming in, I think, around 2 2 $2.5 per, per uh, gigabyte. That would be uh, the polyserve, right? Yeah, that would be the polyserve-based one, yes, um, and uh, but but significantly lower than either modular storage or high-end array storage. Very, very much lower uh, yeah. than those those prices. Is that consistent with what folks are hearing, or any other data? Points? Yeah, as I say, I've seen only one bit, and it was very, very attractive. It was half of the price of the mid-range those days. But again, this was the time of the XAV, and IBM may have different uh, policy. 
Dave, those are consistent numbers here uh, that I've got, but the play is not on the acquisition cost. It's the ongoing operational cost that make the bigger play on. That's where the money savings comes from. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So, so the, you've got this fully virtualized architecture that's designed for simplicity, and that seems, Josh, to be uh, somewhat unique. I mean, I, 3PAR has got a similar approach, but, but you've not seen it in such a low cost of design, right? Yes. Now, from the energy, one of the fads that, again, the competition is spreading is the, the energy cost. It's, they are not counting right and they are not comparing right because they, they, they are forgetting that the disks are one terabyte data disks with, for the same capacity, even if I will take in consideration two drives with the mirroring, for the same capacity, you need, in typical rate, six drives. So there are energy savings, and uh, the customer, which I mentioned, the Bank Lumi in Israel, they, they had a huge saving in, in energy. I believe that yeah, they, they saving about 7.5 kilowatts per 80 terabyte net. Or so there is energy saving. So let's talk about that a little bit. So that 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 sounds like a customer uh, is comparing with a, a previously installed product. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So customer is comp comparing the same capacity on fiber channel. Yeah. So the storage anarchist published some data, which I think is what you're referring to, which suggested that. So evidently, IBM has uh, initiated this Tiger team, somewhat comprised of former EMC sales reps. Has anybody heard that? That's going out and selling this thing. Is that? The, the thing, so okay, the thing is that Moshe is is of course XEMC, and also some of you hire people which you know, right. and the people are coming to the people which they know. It's not it's not unique to to Moshe or to XIV. It's for any company. New management is coming, hiring people from the previous company. So so anyway, this, that, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, on go top ahead. of that. To being honest, it's very difficult to, to find someone today who didn't work in EMC before. <laughs> With the turnover of the people of EMC, everyone which I'm meeting in, uh, in HDS, in uh, Stan or HP, whatever, work one, two, three, five quarters or years in EMC. So uh, EMC gets mad on that. I mean, there is a blog from uh, Barry Burke, which they really, it's, it's, it's a long time I didn't see such a blog or, uh, with such, a, I will say, attacks and such, so much fad and so much inaccuracy. In, uh, okay, so, so let's get to the heart of the matter here, though, Josh. So the, the heart of the matter is, that yep. is you know, how, how energy efficient is XIV? Not so much compared to previously installed products. I mean, I think virtually anybody's modern disk array is going to be able to compare energy savings relative to installed product. But I think your point is that despite the brute force approach of mirroring and the use of standard components, because of its super high utilization, there will be energy savings. And then the question is, how does that compare to, for example, a three-par array or uh, even even you know more mature systems from those like uh, symmetrics, et cetera. So, so that's really the, the, the issue uh, on the table. Who also, that also offer a thin provisioning, maybe not as efficient, maybe, I don't know. But your argument would be that the thin provisioning and, and utilization advantages of XIV would offset the disadvantages of mirroring. Is that, am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Is any, any other thoughts on that or anybody have, uh, have well, any? I, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to come, so I'd like to come in thing. on that if I may. Uh, can I just put a comment David, David, go ahead. Um, I, I, did, I just put up a piece where I uh, looked at exactly that issue, and I compared uh, an average of uh, arrays from 3PAR, from Hitachi, and from, um, from EMC, and compared it. Uh, and certainly the arrays from 3PAR and Hitachi had very similar storage, virtualization, and um, thin provisioning uh, and virtual copy capabilities uh, there, which uh, lead to similar 
for utilizations that lead to high utilizations. And it, when I did the comparison, it's, it came out as I expected that the XIV was uh, higher in uh, energy consumption, slightly lower in space consumption because it's all in one rack, uh, certainly on a, on a RAID 1 comparison. Um, but on a RAID 5 comparison against the RAID 1, it was certainly uh, that they all fitted into one rack as well. So, uh, and, and the reasons for that, I think, are twofold. First of all, uh, if you use standard components uh, as opposed to bespoke or custom-made uh, uh, technology, you're always going to be, have a higher energy consumption. And the second thing is the, the universal power systems uh, are both uh, um, very high technology, probably overkill, and also do a conversion from AC to DC and back again to AC for some of the internal supplies, which makes them uh, make, makes that pretty inefficient. So a combination of, of uh, high-performance UPSs and standard technology uh, puts them significantly higher than, uh, than competition, which can is you, what you, I would David, expect. David, can you quantify that at all, or, or did you not, yeah, not go that far? I did. I did quantify that, and that's on the the Wikibon article that I that I put up there. My, my uh, internet's down. Can you can you share some of the numbers? <laughs> I'm at a loss here. Sure. I, I, for for people who want to look, it's on the uh, on the website. So it's standard components versus custom hardware, and and for a 180 terabyte uh, drive, you know, comparing like with like across the different. Uh, uh, architectures. The uh, price for the uh, IBM XIV was 58,000 uh, over four years. And that's for space, cooling, uh, and power. And the price for RAID 1 comparison from an average of the competition was 40,000. So it's, it's significantly lower. And on a, on a RAID 1, on a RAID 5, where you could use RAID 5, it came down to about half the price. Um, that doesn't mean to say that XIV is bad. Uh, there are a lot of great things about it, including the cost of uh, acquisition and very high utilizations and fantastic simplicity of use. But um, I think the argument that it's uh, lower in environmental cost against um, best-of-breed uh, competitors is, is not true. Okay, now hold on, though. But you, you haven't addressed in this analysis uh, Josh's point about the potentially uh, superior uh, uh, capacity utilization. How, how does that fit in here? Well, I, I think if you compare it against 3PAR, I think 3PAR's architecture, it's slightly different. It uses 256 megabyte pages as opposed to the 1 megabyte pages. But it's still very similar in its way of spreading and, and achieves very high utilizations in the field. Um, uh, and, and it has all the capabilities of thin provisioning and virtual copies. Uh, Hitachi's um, uh, boxes, the USPVM, for example, which is the one that I took, uh, again has similar capabilities, virtualization, not quite as easy to use, but still achieving much higher utilizations, and uh, has thin provisioning uh, on top of that. So that would, would maybe achieve not quite as much, but very similar. EMC have thin provisioning. They don't have virtualization. They have some, they have some part of virtualization, virtual LUNs. Uh, so they, they, they would probably not achieve such a high utilization. Um, Compellent have similar architectures, um, Pillar. So there are a number of boxes out there which, uh, which, would, ha which would have similar perf uh, high, high uh, utilization capability, but have basically all the thin provisioning, thin provisioning boxes will have the, the high utilization. Uh, okay, yeah. so, Josh, uh, would you would you agree then that relative to those thin provisioning boxes, that that the analysis might suggest that given the use of standard components, the UPS approach, and the fully mirrored <laughs> architecture, that relative to those. It's 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 perhaps less power efficient. I must admit, I didn't I didn't make any power comparison. Okay. I'm just using logic. Yeah. If it is very difficult for me to believe that uh, if you use fiber channel 300 gigabytes 
and you need six discs for the same capacity that you need two, there will be uh, the, the, the energy consumption of the six fiber channel discs are higher than two SATA drives. Oh, the, the, argument, I, uh, the argument I used, uh, Josh, was that uh, what I was comparing was a similar cache size uh, of 120 gigabytes. So I normalized the cache size on the Hitachi and, and um, EMC yeah. and the three-par drives. And uh, my argument was that a, 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 a centralized, 120 gigabytes should perform at least as well as a distributed 120 gigabytes. And I used a one terabyte drive for all the configurations. And, and given, okay. that the, given that it would work uh, effectively on the uh, IBM XIV for, for an appropriate workload, I would believe that okay. it would and this, as well. And this, I believe, is David, this, I believe, is an error. Is error. I am not sure. The SATA disk on other systems are designed for archiving. They are not designed. They are not designed for performance. And here, the whole des design is that you can get the performance equivalent, more or less, to fiber channel disk using SATA. So you cannot make the comparison. I can agree with you. If you compare the same SATA in all of them, uh, then your calculation is right. But if you compare fiber channel, which is typical uh, three-par system, or, uh, to, to SATA of XIV, XIV will take much less energy. It's six drives against two drives. And drive is the, is the main reason for uh, taking the energy. Hmm. I, okay, I, so, I, so, 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 so let's not get into a performance uh, uh, rat hole here, because we won't solve it, but... But assume, I think it's fair to say that a simplistic analysis of a like-to-like -like cache and like-to-like -like, uh, capacities suggests that the XIV would be at a disadvantage. But that analysis in and of itself puts the XIV at a disadvantage because it minimizes the impact of capacity utilization and the performance spreading data over all the devices. Is that a fair statement? I got some noise in the background. Uh, uh, if you're not if you're not speaking, if you go on listen only mode. If you do a star five, somebody's got a line. Okay, better now. It's still better. So I believe that the comparison should be made: system versus another system, not using the same. Because if 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 customer will replace with Saturdays and getting good enough performance, then he will save energy. Hey, I'm sorry okay. to interrupt, Josh. I, I gave the wrong instruction. It's star six. Star six mutes the uh, individual caller line. Well, I, I hardly can hear. Maybe it's my line. You also hear a noise on the background? Uh, hold on one second. So essentially, I was I was making the case that, um, uh, per your suggestion, uh, on a like-to-like -like capacity and uh, uh, cash capacity and drive capacity basis, it would it would appear that the XIV is not going to scare anybody for its environmentals profile. However, need to, users need to take into consideration the potential efficiency benefits of XIV and how that factors in performance or in in terms of energy efficiency. Those are likely to be uh, less advantageous relative to fully virtualized architectures like a three-par and compellent. Is that a fair summary? No, I am not sure. If if XIV can bring the same performance using SATA disk in comparison to three-par using fiber channel disk, then the energy consumption of XIV will be much much lower. Yeah, and as I say, we're not going to solve that performance problem here. But on a like-to-like -like basis, it would appear that the the brute force approach of mirroring and and, and off-the-shelf hardware is going to, on paper, give XIV a disadvantage. But customers need to dig into that from a performance standpoint and figure out what the actual configuration is going to look like and do power measurements from that actual configuration. Thank okay. you. So, can you tell us what's missing from this announcement or or announcement. I mean, I, 
I don't think that something is missing. I don't think that it was an announcement at all. I think it's some mistake. Yeah, also, this is, this is not the way that IBM is making, making announcements. Right. But based on what we know about the XIV leaked information, what, in your view, is missing, if anything? I mean, if it, the question is if it, uh, how to position it. If it will stay not in mainframe, then what the, the biggest thing which is missing is asynchronous remote copy. Synchronous remote copy is maybe I system I support, which is important for I, for IBM. There are only two systems, two large systems supporting I. This is the DMX and DS8000. And uh, as I say, on the, the mainframe, there is a lot of uh, what is missing. The, the, the remote copy is not PPRC compatible, so it cannot be integrated in GDPS. The, that, there is no mainframe support at all, and etc. But it is let's leave it to IBM to decide if they want it, if they want the mainframe connectivity or not. And how, in your view, if you're thinking about this type of, of approach from XIV or, or, or competitors, how can customers exploit such an architecture? As I mentioned before, it is ideal architecture for CDP because of the huge amount of snapshots. They can take snapshots every second. For example, this is one of the biggest one of the biggest selling points, I believe, from the architecture point of view. Simplicity, as I say, also maybe lowering the lowering the storage management cost. Okay, so near continuous data protection. Simplicity and positioning this at the sort of general purpose, what I, what I like to call the fat middle, above uh, uh, above archive yeah. and below the highest performance. Is that right? Something I will position it like this. Yes, it's a new class. In fact, it's above mid range, below maybe enterprise. Okay, and, and, but not from a cost standpoint. Not with with EMC and Hulk. Or, or HP's extreme no. storage, but 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 positioned for different applications. Clearly, right? Okay, we don't know about EMC. Almost anything is coming, popping, disappearing. Uh, you know, Invista was supposed to work in in uh, I believe uh, second quarter of two, of no the third quarter of 2005. Oh, but I got a nice and picture of, of, of I got a nice picture of David Floyer standing next to Hulk at, at uh, EMC World, and so we. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, am I understanding correctly that in relation to what you're saying now about the fat middle tier, you're, you're saying that this product is not necessarily suited for enterprise, a la specifically database no. utilization uh, for OLTP or OLAP? No. It is general purpose block-based storage. I would say to that, I would say to that that... I would position it as uh, suitable for 1B and Tier 2 applications. If you need the very highest levels of performance, then being able to uh, say exactly where that uh, LUN is going to be on, on the disks and be able to carve out specific uh, performance guarantees to, to, to put more uh, resources to that particular application is going to give you the very highest levels of performance. And, and, and for that, you'd need the high-end arrays and, and the cache management systems that, uh, that the uh, EMC DMX or the Hitachi USP could give. Um, but for the, the big fat middle of, of enterprise computing, and certainly for, from enterprise from the point of view of, avail of potential availability, it's obviously early days yet, but for potential availability and ease of use. Uh, so what I would call tier 1B applications and tier 2A, two, tier 2B applications, I think uh, the performance uh, and, and characteristics would be, quote, good enough, good enough for most computing. It would, it will, uh, mean that all the applications on that box will get very similar performance, um, but they will be relatively good good performance. Does that help? So, so three par like, uh, but but from a cost standpoint, gives IBM a much larger potential market. Is that is that fair or or yeah, three par like uh, without the 
without the maturity of you know the software infrastructure built up around it. In fairness, the three part. Uh, of course. So, so yes, it's uh, it's uh, three part like in terms of its uh, utilization and therefore lower cost there. Uh, three par like in terms of simplicity and lower costs for storage administrations. Uh, I, mean, I would say that three par is the gold standard at the moment, and, the, and that IBM could actually even exceed that in terms of simplicity. Um, uh, but obviously, it's very early days uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, knowing how it's going to perform uh, against different workloads. I personally would suspect that it's not going to be quite so good in things like um, uh, decision support. Uh, it's got 4K block, uh, a 4K uh, segments, cache segment size, which means it's going to be more ideal for, for random access type uh, applications. So sequential is probably uh, not going to be its uh, sweet spot. Um, but it, but oh, there's a lot of uh, lot of applications um, on open systems, on uh, databases, and and uh, uh, small file systems, and and uh, and um, file and print, etc. For which this would be uh, a, a very attractive, potentially very attractive uh, solution. So uh, we have to wrap here. Okay, there's, there's one there's one thing you mentioned. It's true that the cache is managed on 4K blocks, which is very good granularity. But if the, the we'll read from this 64K, and there is also prefetching, sequential prefetching, which is one megabyte. So the whole block will be. So it's not, uh, as I say, it's for databases, for inter interaction, but also for sequential. Okay. We have a few um, minutes left. In fact, there is a subject that I wanted to, to talk more. Unfortunately, there is no time. What's the what subject? Is, what, may be the, what may be the impact on other vendors? I mean, I don't see other vendors do anything. All the other vendors like Hitachi, uh, Sun, HP, they don't do anything. The only vendors which is screaming is... Uh, in fact, I cannot say vendor. This is a person. This is a blog from from Barry Burke in EMC. However, as opposed to other blogs, like from Hitachi or from Hiyoshida from Hitachi, or Tony Person from IBM, would IBM stand behind the blog? On the blog of uh, uh, Barry is written that Barry worked for EMC, but he, EMC is not responsible for what is written there. Uh, they, are, they don't. They don't sympathize. But so anyhow, uh, this block is attacking right. Moshe and XIV in the last months very, very heavily. Okay. So, but, but what, the, what, the, what does this mean for competitors? I mean, in the near term, you know, the product. It means that they are scared to death. This is the only meaning, because. Who, who is here? IBM or EMC, EMC is scared. Oh God, we're not going to because do that. yeah. So if okay. you, I mean, if you remember, into a bunch of rhetoric now. Oh, 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 I'm wondering about Data Direct. I mean, they they have a high performance, large disk kind of system. They have successfully gotten into the multimedia accounts. IBM is clearly trying to use the business partners to sell this system. Uh, do you think there's any impact on Data Direct? In some cases, will be impact. You know, despite that Data, data Direct uh, networks, IBM sell mainly in high performance computing. Yeah, I'm talking about very, very special purpose okay. systems, right? So, okay, so we have to the the to wrap. But I do want to sort of put closure on this competitive issue. I mean, it seems like the product doesn't have scalability, right? It comes in. It's, it's the Model T of of disk arrays comes in one flavor, 180 terabytes. Um, are you suggesting right? Is the current what I'm, what I'm saying? It is management decision. They can change it with one signature. Currently, right. this is, they are selling like this. But tomorrow, they can decide that they want a smaller, a smaller configuration. Sure, there is no technical reason not to do that. But from what we know about, you know, the way the product is configured today, is a customer going to 
take that product and, 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 and are you recommending that the customer absorbs the inherent risks of migrating from whatever existing infrastructure is there to XIV? I, I, I doubt it, but if, 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 you're, if you're making that case, I, I'm willing to listen. I mean, over time, very, very possibly the case, but from what we know about it today, what, what's the action for a customer? I mean, if there are eight systems working in one of the two largest banks in Israel, I bl- these, these, they don't take risks normally. And there are, as I mentioned at the, uh, the beginning, there are, I estimate, something between 70 or 65 to 80 installations today or worldwide. So, so these customers, and this installation, the 40 installations were already... A year, in May last year. So it's not okay. a product which is coming out of the box now. All right, so, customers, call or, so cu- customers in the call or others you sort of agree that the risks associated with this are, are low based on the, the references in, 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 in Israel with several banks? And is that, I mean, I'll go wherever you guys feel like the consensus should be. Is that... Well, Dave, the risks are low if you know where to position the product, but if you position it out of where it's best best fitted, it, the risks become higher. I, I, um, I agree. I mean, it, it's a great potential, but uh, for, for me, I would still be kicking the tires uh, on it. Um, I think it's uh, important. I think it's an important announcement because of the potential lowering of cost within uh, enterprise computing. But uh, I think it's early days, and I, I would recommend just kicking the tires and seeing whether it uh, the uh, uh, I can achieve the high utilizations and what performances on those high utilizations, and uh, and be comfortable that uh, that it's going to work in my environment before I would make a, a wholesale move to this type of architecture, uh, if ever it's it's likely certainly as it's configured at the moment. To be suitable for certain sectors of the enterprise, and and not for everything. And um, uh, it, 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 to me, the key to future success of this uh, of this product is virtualization between these racks. If they can get that working on a four-way and eight-way, then that's a, a very very important uh, uh, milestone in in arrays and will mean a significant change in uh, in the uh, array. Are you talking about uh, clustering between the racks? Am I talking about clustering uh, between racks? Yes, uh, putting multiple racks and clustering between them. Yes. yes if that happens between racks and clusters, I mean, is that a make or break capability, or is that nice to have? Or? I think that personally, I think that is make or break to it being a uh, full enterprise system. Uh, if if it achieves that, then it'll have a very significant impact on the marketplace. If it doesn't, it'll be yet another modular um, type um, entry into the marketplace. Agree with that, Josh? I will not call it modular. I will I will call it cluster. Well, yeah, modular, that, that, that clustering capability is a make or break capability for for this product, Josh. Yeah, you would agree with that, or I, I could. I couldn't hear that there is a, sorry, I had a noise in my Sorry, David is asserting that, 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 that clustering across racks is yeah. a break capability for this product. And he's, essentially, David, you're saying if, if, they, if I even get this to work, it's a fantastic product. And if it can't, then it's sort of left. I, IBM, IBM tested this with four units, four racks connected with 10 gigabit Ethernet between racks. This is the configuration when IBM made all the tests. So your point being that it's already there? It, of course it's there. Okay, but David's specifically talking about clustering and virtualization across racks, which is not there today. Or are you saying it is? It is. It is there today. All right. Based on what I've heard about in, the In fact, there is, no, there is no need for, for, for uh, uh, virtualization across the, the racks. But as I say, the whole box is completely virtualized. Okay, so Josh is basically saying what David just said is not true. That, yeah. I, I think he, I think he's saying uh, I think he's saying that uh, IBM have that capability, um, and that uh, it's only a question of time before it's in the marketplace. M- my view is that I I, b- I believe that they are working hard on that, and that it's, it's complex. 
and that is going to take some time to get to market to be fully enterprise uh, um, ready. Again, trying to come focus on what the advice should be to customers. I mean, to the extent that that's part of the announcement or the, the impending announcement, then that would be impressive. Uh, to the extent that it's not, I, I must suggest that I wouldn't think the community would suggest that customers go out and buy it based on that potential promise. But, uh, I agree. All right, we have to wrap here, um, and I apologize for going over. Um, so what are we going to call this thing? Announcing IBM XIV for IBM. How it is called in the press that you have, I don't know how it is called in English, I know in other languages, when you have the quiet period during the summer and then you have some news which are not real news or something like this. It's a leak or a, a lull. A lull is the quiet period, right? So well, I had heard that this was... This is Roger. I had heard that they just made a soft announcement that they are trying something different to consolidate their marketing initiatives in one big splash. So that's why this got announced uh, a week or so ago. That's why some another product's getting announced tomorrow. That's why another product's getting announced. Everything's leading up to a September uh, big splash announcement, but they're soft announcing these products to get the word out. So... They're going to have a bigger announcement sometime in September, as Josh indicated. Yeah, so how about something like IBM's Stealthy XIV announcement? That's fine. Mm, I don't, as I say, I don't think this was the announcement. Well, I've got the paperwork here. It was, there's a U.S. announcement on the 12th of, of August. Right. So it's, they announced something. I, I, it's, a, it's announced. It's, it's out there's an IBM announcement paper on it. So. Yeah, I, I got it in front of me. All right, well, let's go with that, and if you guys want to change it, we can change it. Uh, all right, well, thanks very much to Josh Krischer for leading the call today. I appreciate your perspectives and the preparation that you did, and, and also thanks to Fred Moore, uh, David Floyer, Nick, Grady, and Roger. Um, okay, so let's summarize. Uh, and again, apologize for going over. understand if you've got to drop off. I'm going to summarize so Bert can uh, transcribe, and then we'll put this up on the site. Uh, within a couple hours, and then you'll see several other pieces up as well. Okay, this is Dave Vellante. Today is August 25th, 2008, and this is the Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting. The title of the piece is IBM's Stealthy XIV Announcement. Uh, late in 2007, uh, when IBM acquired Israeli-based XIV, IBM had touted XIV as appropriate for so-called cloud computing and Internet applications, basically positioning XIV as incremental to the products in IBM's storage portfolio. At, at that time, we had a peer insight, and the consensus was that while XIV was intriguing, it wasn't cause for any immediate customer action and, and did not, in fact, appear to be best suited for the cloud. Uh, rather, the community felt that it would be best positioned as a general purpose system directly competing for large segments, not large non-mainframe segments of data center storage that that did not require the highest performance. Uh, furthermore, the community's analysis at that time suggested that XIV was important as its technology offered many attributes of emerging architectures, uh, including virtualization, uh, full virtualization and thin provisioning, combined with a methodology to spread data across all drives in, in, in an array in a manner reminiscent of 3PAR or even, to a lesser degree, Google File System, all while using standard off-the-shelf components. The most important aspects of the announcement at the time, however, was the fact that XIV was now part of IBM's enormous distribution channel uh, and franchise, placing an, an innovative product in the IBM portfolio, which is, of course, newsworthy and potentially significant. Uh, earlier this month, uh, perhaps mistakenly, perhaps not, IBM unveiled uh, certain details of what we're calling version 2 of XIV uh, with, the, with the release on its website. Uh, and as well, reports from the field suggest IBM has formed a special Tiger team, in part comprised of former EMC sales reps, to try and secure early customers beyond XIV's initial uh, customer base, which includes several banks in Israel and a couple elsewhere. Uh, announcement activity has pri primarily uh, been concentrated in, in Europe with virtually no comments from IBM's U.S. storage groups. I'm not sure I have that right, so we might have to adjust that. Uh, what is unique about XIV? Uh, there are a number of attributes that we talked about that were made clearer with this quiet release, including uh, XIV is the, uh, comes in one flavor, 
it was it was called the Model T of storage, but one flavor and one flavor only currently. This is a marketing decision by IBM. There's no technical reason why it can't be uh, altered and, and offer other configurations, but currently it's a 180 terabyte mirrored configuration offering users approximately 90 terabytes of storage. Uh, and the system is always shipped fully populated. Uh, I suspect the power cord is an option, but, but other than that, not much. Uh, the array is comprised of standard components, one terabyte SATA drives, all the processors and cache and Ethernet cards, fiber channel and iSCSI ports are, are off the shelf. Uh, XIV is, is highly virtualized and supports thin provisioning, is an optimized for, is for extremely high capacity utilization, very low cost, and simplicity. What's missing from XIV's approach, uh, since all drives are used to read and write volumes, mixing different drive capacities within a single XIV rack is not supported today and probably does not make sense, uh, making tiered storage within a rack an unlikely feature. Uh, that implies as well tiers, tier zero, which is, of course, not supported today, also probably doesn't make sense with the current architecture. Same thing for spin down. Uh, would not make sense because IOs are evenly distributed across all drives. And asynchronous remote copy is also an apparent gap in the offering at this time, as well as the product does not support any mainframe environments. Uh, we had a discussion about clustering uh, both within the array and between racks. It seems that clustering between racks will allow XIV to address some of these shortcomings by, if I understand it correctly, allowing different tiers to be populated within a rack exclusively, uh, clustered between racks, allowing potentially tiered storage over time, uh, but that's all supposition. Uh, how energy efficient is XIV? We had a discussion around this and a simplistic analysis of energy efficiency, which suggests because of the need to fully mirror XIV and its brute force use of standard components versus purpose-built arrays and its UPS approach, the environmental profile of XIV appears substantially less attractive than uh, the typical competitive offerings, where a like-to-like -like comparison using similar cache and drive capacities suggests that four-year environmentals for power cooling and space of a mirrored XIV 180 terabytes raw would approach uh, 58,000, while industry average competitive mirrored products is around 40,000. But the caveat of this analysis is the degree to which the expected higher utilization of XIV will off offset some of these advantages as well, the degree to which high-capacity SATA drives and competitive products can compete from a performance standpoint with XIV. So customers need to be very careful about that analysis. Uh, but it, it appears that customers should probably not purchase XIV solely for its environmental characteristics. How can customers exploit such an architecture? There were a few main opportunities seen to take advantage of approaches typified by XIV. One was by utilizing XIV to perform near uh, continuous data protection with many, many snapshots invoked. Uh, two, by driving increased simplicity because XIV spreads data across all devices and, and manages performance automatically. Customer performance tuning tasks are going to be much simpler, and as was pointed out in the call, uh, this often can substantially offset acquisition costs, which also appear to be very low. XIV is designed to be inexpensive with uh, reports of 3 to $4 per gigabyte raw, which is considerably lower than most purpose-built arrays, although higher than products such as EMC's Hulk and HP's Extreme Storage, which of course don't have the same function as X XIV. But the bottom line on, on exploitation is uh, customers can carve out the fat middle, taking advantage of high utilization, low-cost components, uh, it would seem that XIV is best positioned slightly below Tier 1 uh, and above archiving. What does this announcement mean for competitors? Again, there seemed to be some, some disagreement in the community, but in the near term, the product lacks scalability and has certain inherent risks because it's so new. However, this scalability issue should be able to be addressed uh, with clustering over time. Many in the community felt that it was a make or break, or, or some in the community felt it was a make or break capability that if IBM can get to work, uh, it will have a fantastic product. Others in the community believe it's already working and is, and is forthcoming soon. Uh, internally to IBM, this product could cause immense chaos. It appears that XIV could be positioned to uh, overlap with and, and even replace mid-range products. Um, 
Questions remain whether or not it will replace DS8000. It's probably not in the near term in mainframe, but over time, perhaps uh, in, in non-mainframe environments, could replace the DS8000 and, and 4000 in smaller configurations. Longer term, XIV spread everywhere approach and simple storage management definitely bear watching by customers, along with architectures from the likes of 3PAR, Compellent, Pillar, and others which will collectively pressure users to carefully consider alternatives to traditional storage and management approaches. Uh, the economics of XIV also bear watching, as it represents perhaps the most, at least on paper, cost-effective general-purpose architecture we've seen to date. Action item. With XIV, IBM is signaling that it has an increased appetite for storage R&D. To make its investments pay off, IBM is combining a very low-cost volume commodity approach with an innovative architecture that is aimed at the sweet spot of the data center. Unfortunately, it's not quite ready for prime time, and users should kick the tires of XIV to determine the degree to which automated performance management will change storage administration best practice. The bottom line on XIV, however, is it legitimizes fully virtualized architectures and the questions users should answer on the XIV is do the lower acquisition costs and simpler management attributes warrant potential migration costs and risks of moving from existing platforms? All right, that's the summary. As they say, please look on wikibon.org. You'll, you'll see a number of pieces up there already and some others to follow this. Uh, thanks very much for your patience, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.